0: Our brains thought that our bodies were the place that pain happens. So they were like, all right, we'll take it from here. And that was loving and protective. It was just misguided.
1: Welcome to Let It Out. I'm Katie. Back for the first time in seven years, my good friend, Valerie Chaney. Val is a meditation and mindfulness educator. She's a writer, and she's the co-host every Friday of We Made It Weird, a podcast with her husband, comedian Pete Holmes. Val is hilarious. She's gentle. She's wise. She's incredibly smart, and she's one of my favorite people to talk to, so it's no surprise that we had a conversation that was over three hours long, so I'm splitting this episode up into two parts. You'll hear half of it or maybe two-thirds of it this week, and then next week, the rest. She trained with Tara Brock and Jack Cornfield, who have both heavily informed her work around trauma and mindfulness and meditation and embodiment, and we spoke about All of those in this part, we begin what you're about to hear in this episode, discussing anger and our problem that we both have with it, which is our lack of expressing it. And then this goes off from there and snowballs into so many different directions. As you'll hear in a second, she has so much wisdom on all of those topics and so many topics she's constantly helping me in our non-recorded conversations we met in 2015 she was working with this organization called real girl at the time i'm really happy we had this conversation she came over a couple weeks ago and we spent the day together eating snacks and joking around and we recorded a large chunk of that which is what you're about to hear this week and next week like i said it's long and the non-recorded part was even longer. And honestly, we could have kept going if Al didn't have to run to go pick up Leela, her daughter, from preschool, but she'll be back and maybe it'll be in another seven years and we'll cringe at this conversation. But for now, here is a time capsule of us talking in March of 2022. We cover embodiment versus disassociating attachment styles, internal family systems, fear of being alone. She gives so many insights around things that have helped her with all of these topics and doing them with a lot of gentleness. She's a former teacher, so she's really great at explaining things in a way that makes them really easy to understand. And she's just honestly one of the most talented and creative people that I know. She teaches dance. She sings in a choir. She has a beautiful voice. And most recently, she wrote a screenplay. She's a writer, and at the end of this, she tells us the premise for what she wrote, which is my favorite part, and sort of brings together a lot of the concepts that we talked about earlier in the episode. So if you like this part, there's a part two that's a bit sillier, and in that part we cover, well, I'll tell you at the end what we cover in that part. But for now, I'll just say, As Pete and Val say on their podcast, get into it.
0: I've been like straight up talking to myself in my car and it feels so good because I'm like, you know, I think maybe we've talked about this before. Yeah, you told
1: Misty and I about the. That you put in your car that day you met us at Amara.
0: Yeah. Yes. It was a uh, uh, wild thing from where the yes. wild things are. It's a, a beast. A beast. Yes. Um, Judith, she is the embodiment of my anger. <laughs> and she's… How's she doing? <laughs> she's… You know what? She's actually like… She's kind of been out lately. Like, she is like… Like, I'm feeling salty these days. <laughs> I had to check in with Pete this morning, my husband, because I was just like… I, have I—that's I, exactly the word I said. I was like, I've just been feeling kind of, like, irritable. Have I been salty with you? <laughs> and he was like, no, I haven't noticed. Huh. But I think there is, It's is—you know, it's Pisces season, and I am a Pisces, and I don't know that much about astrology, but I do know everybody's saying, like, it's Pisces season, so there's a lot of emotions, like, it's an emotional time. Um, and I am, like, welcome to my life. <laughs> that's how I am always— but I think the, the one emotion that I have difficulty with is anger, like in so far as I don't let myself feel it. So I don't have the, the anger problem that people have when they say I have an anger problem. I have the opposite problem, which is that I don't – I repress it and I don't feel comfortable with my anger or other people's anger. And so, yeah, I've just noticed that Judith – Judith is my fear. Did I say she was my anger? Yeah. She's my fear. But she, because she's a wild thing, like most things, she like can react and come out as as anger. Because behind anger is all anger, I think, is probably fear. So anyway, all of that is to say, it's Pisces season. I've been feeling a lot of things. And like me feeling angry is just nobody... (laughs) in my external world can tell. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like they, I barely even notice. Yeah. I don't feel it today or right now, but like definitely, well, I did a little bit this morning, just a little bit more like, oh, like it's like stories that you tell yourself where you're like, oh, I'm the only one that cleans. Or like, I don't have any time to do any of my things, Mm -hmm. you know, or like, it's just this like victim mentality of, of like nobody... Nobody understands, you know? Yeah. And when you catch yourself telling yourself those stories, they're they're kind of funny. Like you can have compassion for it, but then also be like, this is absurd. Like this, everybody's just doing their their thing. Nobody's out to get you, you know? Yeah. I really, really I mean, we we've had a pre show, private pre show, <laughs> private pre show for,
1: for hours, um, for years, actually. Um <laughs> but We were talking about petty feelings and feeling feelings, what we always talk about. But that's so funny that you bring up anger because I've never heard it like that. Like, I have an anger problem, but the opposite way. (laughs) And we were talking about all the ways that Val and I are similar. And Mm -hmm. we are, I also don't know much about astrology. um, And the only thing I know about Pisces, (laughs) which is, this is going to sound so, make me sound so self knowing, but no. is that they do well with tourists, which Ooh.
0: is what I am. <gasps> oh, I like tracks. that. Yeah, that does track. Yeah, that checks out.
1: But we, we have this a lot where like you and I'll be like, oh yeah, for our kind of person or our sort of type mm. of of, of mm-hmm. our temperament, I guess. And mm-hmm. which is maybe a good word because a lack thereof in this family. <laughs> because I definitely have an anger problem of the same variety as yours, (laughs) which is the, you know, stuff it all down. And, of course, no one knows when we're salty or angry because it doesn't go anywhere. And I think this has been pointed out to me, like, again and again and again by therapists. Like, I remember someone said to me, I think you should learn to play the drums. Like we were talking about like, oh, if, if we had a band or something. Mm. And they were like, and and then I was like, oh, why? And they were like,
0: I feel like you have a lot of anger to really. Wow. <laughs> you're like, oh, well, that made me mad. <laughs> I know. Well, now I do. <laughs> yeah, now I do.
1: But <laughs> no, I, I was wow. just talking about this this morning, which you'll appreciate. We were talking – Someone brought up, cact- like, they were like, "Oh, did you hear what happened to Katie with the cactus?" And uh, you were there.
0: Yeah, it, it's known on the podcast. <laughs> Misty told oh, the story when she was she here. Did oh yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We got a firsthand account from from her. Mm. But Val was the MVP of when I fell into a cactus. <laughs> if you're if you're new here, I fell into a cactus on my birthday last year. Val was there. Oh. But th- this is a good example of that, which is. When that happened, you were the best person to have there. Mm. You and Misty were so nurturing, mm. and you put your hand on because at first, when it happened, I was like, Oh man, bummer! Like, I've got that picnic tonight, and I'm like yeah. bleeding now. Yeah, you know?
0: and I feel like we were all just in shock and not processing yet, like how bad it was. Yeah, because it's also not, it wasn't like it's not like a nor a, a, a typical. Uh, injury where you're like, oh, wait, this is bad. This will need stitches or this. We were, we were all just kind of looking at it yeah. and being like, wait, wait, this is yeah. bad, right? This is yeah.
1: bad. And I didn't realize it either. And you just put your hand on my back very, very gently and you were like, you know, you can totally cry if you want. And the <laughs> second you did that, I just started <laughs> Fully weeping. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I just really because we are so similar. I I'm the same way. And when I get hurt, even if it's like a little fall or something, I will instantly be like, "I'm okay. It's okay. We're okay. This wasn't that funny. I fell." And it's not like you were fully doing that, but I do know that feeling of just like, "Wait a minute. First, we can like just go straight into like fixing this mode and." And it's such a external sign of how I also handle my internal wounds, which I do think is really common, where you're just like, go right into like, okay, how do I fix this? What do I do? You know? And so I've been trying to do that. I've I fall so much to the point where I had a friend say, that might be something you should look at. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, am I not? I always think I'm, you know, I'm certainly more in my body than I ever have been. But like maybe there is, it still is like a sign that I've, I'm not in my body if I'm like constantly tripping. (laughs) Um, I don't know. But anyway, when I do fall, I, I notice that I have like a reaction and then I try to like sit down on the curb, like hold my body, be like, are you okay? That was crazy. Are you hurt? That's why I think we don't realize how hurt we are until later because there is just this like, adrenaline of like it's okay i'm fine you know yeah
1: that well that's funny cuz you fell at misty's baby shower yes and i walked in you were like oh my god you'll never like cuz i missed it by a f- couple seconds
0: and then you were like you'll appreciate this i definitely <laughs> did that everything that i just said i definitely did that at that fall because i fell in front of a, a table of people that i didn't know <laughs> and i had just gotten like chips and guacamole and they just like, <laughs> flying. So I was so embarrassed. And then I was just like, ha ha ha, guess what? I just fell. I'm like, my butt is wet. I'm, you know. Yeah. Your like, butt was wet I, fell I had into a puddle. Yeah.
1: I had just walked in when that happened yeah. and I was like, oh man, I wish I had been here two minutes before to yeah. catch you.
0: Yeah. And Lisa was like after, cause our friend Lisa was there and she, she like comforted she like ran to me, she saw the fall and she was like, You look so sad. And I was like, Oh, that's good. That's progress, because usually I would not let somebody see that. You yeah, know, like cartwheeled <laughs> up and then somersaulted like, oh, out. I'm fine and I meant to do that. You yeah, know. you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. And that is sort of like my mom, God lover, she's fantastic, but she also this is where I get all of these yeah. traits. And Pete said the other day, your mom has just constantly has the energy of someone who just tripped <laughs> in public where you are just like, Oh, oh, oh God, oh, sorry. I like well, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> like yeah. and just like lives in that. Um and I yeah, I can do that too. <laughs> yeah,
1: mine too. Mine too. I mean, honestly, that that's why this program is called Let It Out because of my yeah. intense tendency to hold it all in. Yeah, and huh. that that's why I brought up cactus hands with anger because I was just when I went to, when I told the story this morning, I was like, but this year for my birthday, I think it'd be really fun to get a cactus pinata
0: oh, and
1: really get out some of the it, anger. Yes.
0: Like sig- <laughs> like really eating healthy. a cactus with your hands <laughs> yeah. feels very significant. I love that. <laughs> that might be a good idea for both of us. Yeah. That's a really good, that is good. I know. I really, honestly, I, as much as I love to like talk about things that I have figured out, um, I think we've related over this too. It's way harder to talk about things that you haven't quite figured out yet and that you're like in the middle of. And anger is one of them for me for sure. Like I I don't have a ton of wisdom on it yet because I am still pretty uncomfortable really with other people's anger because I'll instantly be like, whatever I can do to put this fire out, like that's what needs to be done even if I'm sacrificing my own, you know, my own – Well being to do it. I will say what everything that I've learned so far about being with anger, almost everything has been taught to me by my three year old. (laughs) And I really think that she was sent here for so many reasons because she's the coolest. But one of them I think is to help me be better with anger because she's like, she's like fiery. And she was even in. The womb, I feel like I, I was, like, getting a sense of her energy when I was pregnant with her, and I was like, this bitch is spicy. <laughs> like, I was expecting, like, a sunshine butterfly baby, and this is, like, there's something going on where this energy is not just, like, beautiful butterflies, e- like, easy, warm light. She is all of those things. Yeah and she also is like fiery and she'll like scream and has a lot of an endurance for tantrums and letting things out and there's there also has been like times where she's tantruming and I'm I, it's just the stories you tell yourself it's like well let me back up what we this is the wisdom that I've learned is that what we try to do with all of her feelings and what I try to do with all of my feelings is just Hold space for it, right? Like be there with her. So when she's crying, you know, even if it's like, I wanted the yellow cup and not the red cup, it's like, yeah, you're really sad. Oh, you want that yellow cup. You're so sad. I see that, you know, and just like see it and hold it. You don't have to change anything. You don't have to try to fix it. You don't have to redirect, you know. I just noticed that her, when she's really angry, especially if she's like angry at something I did. That's the hardest for me to just sit there and be with her. And of course it is because it's hard, it's hard for me to be with my own anger and to not tell a story about anger like it has something to do with me, like I did something bad or I'm not worthy or, you know. Yeah, I I think she anger is one of her most prominent feelings. <laughs> and, like, even, again, maybe it's just being a toddler, but she really was also like this when she was a baby. Like, I, I remember being in the hospital with her and being like, How? she's she can scream so loud and, like, she's so mad. <laughs> and I said to Pete recently, like, because it's still something I'm working through, she... He, woke up in the middle of the night and was like, so, like screaming and kicking and like I had scratches on my arms. Like she would like grab my arm and like scratch it. And I was just like, it was also the middle of the night when you're feeling like so fragile. So I was just like, I just can't help but think like, like it makes me feel sad, but like sometimes I'll be like, wait, is this okay? Like what's wrong with her? Is there something wrong with her? She's like, we live in like such a, loving home like why is she so mad and I brought that up to my therapist and she was definitely like yeah this has a hundred percent to do with your own beliefs about anger and she is letting it out like she's hashtag letting letting it out (laughs) she hashtag let it out (laughs) um and and that's like really healthy so she's got a way healthier relationship with anger than I do at this stage (laughs) What a mirror. I know. (laughs) It is. And it is good practice. Like, I have somebody who is making me face it every day. Not every day, but most days. And, like, when she's angry, just sitting and being like, yeah, you're really mad. And then having the practice of, and the reference point of, like, I did this for her. Can I do that for me? And, like, even this morning when I did feel a little bit of, like, I was feeling everything, but there was anger mixed in there. That's what... All of this started with me talking to myself in the car, but I was just doing it. I was, like, talking to myself like I was a baby. Like, I was like, oh, this is your hard – because I had a friend reach out and say that something that I said to her this week, like, really upset her, and she's, like, been upset, and that – I know you can relate to this. That is my oh, yeah. worst thing. Yeah. That's my worst nightmare. And so it just brings up – like like I said, when – in our pre-show conversation, it's basement like, tapes. <laughs> basement tapes, we, um, like that just was the exact code to activate all of my wounds. So I was feeling like sad and scared and like immediately, like I needed to fix it. But then also like when I really like sat with all those feelings, I was like, there is a defensiveness in here too. Like an anger of being like, you just didn't understand what I was saying. And right. like that, you know, and like, and just trying to, allow all of it. So I was in the car and I was just like, yeah, this is your hardest thing. Like, of course you're, you're mad. You feel misunderstood and you feel like you want to protect yourself from being rejected and, you know, whatever the story is, just kind of getting underneath it, but not getting underneath it to expose it. Like you're just trying to defend yourself. It's like, it's, Doing that with compassion, so being like, "Of course you are, yeah, we all try to protect ourselves. Of course, that's what that what's happening, and just kind of like mirroring yourself, <laughs> mirroring your own your own feelings, yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting the
1: the piece about when something that's so intense comes up and knowing that it's your it's your kind of worst nightmare thing. You know, oh, that's my, like, you hit me in my soft spot. And I really hope that Leela doesn't lose this. Like, I hope that as you were talking, I was thinking about Real Girl, which is this amazing organization and kind of how we connected and I, <laughs> in the pre-show, we talked all about <laughs> How insufferable <laughs> it was for me to listen to <laughs> the first time that Val was on the podcast.
0: Val was incredible. No, I was just I, I refused to listen to it because I'm certain I wasn't.
1: <laughs> well, we should we should say this about that. It was we were 24 and 25 years old yeah. at that time. Mm-hmm. And truly you were so cool and yourself and I I loved listening to you, very cringy to listen to myself <laughs> <laughs> but but the reason I bring it up is because we we talked about Real girl at length then and there's this statistic that Real Girl was really founded on, which is that self-esteem for girls peaks at the age of nine and then plummets after that, yes. which is so, so
0: so sad. yes, it's the highest it'll ever be at the age of nine, which I really hope that statistic has already changed since they did it. You know what I mean? Like these next generations, I really hope we are improving on it. I think we're going in the right direction. Um, But there just is so much conditioning and, and definitely like the discomfort of anger in females is for sure a symptom of the patriarchy. It might not only be that, You know, I think there's my own discomfort with my anger has a lot to do with my upbringing as well. But it certainly was encouraged by this belief that our country has of like um, women are supposed to kind of just always make men feel comfortable (laughs) and not set off their anger. Or if they are angry, then they're supposed to be this like soothing Solution-oriented. Yes. And nurturing and so- and help calm them down, like the beauty and the beast, you yeah. know? And Ooh. yeah. Oh, wow, never even. <laughs> oh, yeah. <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then there's zero room for female anger. And then, of course, the, in history, we've had wonderful women who were angry about things that they should be angry about. And the way that we just like demonize that and be like, you know anything from when it used to be like she's hysterical throw her in an an asylum right. to like Hillary Clinton or right. like you know just women that that are act uh, activists for causes that where anger is the appropriate reaction it's like well we can't hear her cuz she's she's angry and that's so scary to our whole system yeah. you know so it definitely yes, I hope Lila can keep it and I feel very protective of it when I think of it that way. So like, it is a good thing. And like, you know, like that's what I, these are all the things that I'm trying to remind myself of when I'm in the middle of it is like the worst thing I could do is pass on this thing that I'm trying to grow in myself to her. And as long as she's like feeling free to be furious, (laughs) I know, okay, at least like we're growing generationally. This is not getting passed on. You yeah,
1: know? and it's expressive. You know, she's being expressive, and I think that that's really healthy. And I agree. That I hope I feel optimistic about this next generation because of the new parenting techniques that we didn't grow up with. Yeah, and we grew up with. You know, we come a, from a sea of people just like us, and. You said something in the episode from twenty fourteen <laughs> where you mentioned we there are a lot of talk about our moms in that episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Heavy mom chat. That there. sounds
0: about right. And like uh, where I was in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And and one thing we said about that was a, a lot of you know pop ups as Pete says of like they're so great they're doing the best they can, which is all very true, and I still agree with now. And you said, compared to what they came up with and, yeah. and passed on different stuff to us. And we're so grateful that we didn't get that stuff, you know? And so yes. it's kind of the same thing. Like, yeah. Lila's probably not going to get this because you're aware of it, but there might be something that we're not aware of that she'll be, you know, recording a podcast in
0: space about oh, a couple yeah. years <laughs> from now.
1: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I know it's probably going to be in space only a couple years from now too, Yeah. No, I think that is exactly right. And that is kind of, we touched on this before, but like talking about where we were at and why it's so cringy to listen to ourselves seven years or six years ago, it's, it is it is because of evolution. Like we're meant to be doing this generationally and personally, we're meant to be always evolving. So that means that we're going to outgrow even our own perspectives and If I would just love to be able to like normalize that in myself and for us to normalize it as a society, of like, yeah, of course, the things that I said when I'm 25, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna have so much more wisdom even by the time I'm 33. Like, yeah, that's normal. And, and of course, Pete and I are gonna say things. To a 20-year-old Leela, that's gonna make her be like, oh my God, did you really just say that? And we're like, what? Is that wrong? I don't, you know. Yeah. And the the idea of just like normalizing, not not always getting it right. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's where like even like white fragility comes through. And like where we are this like, we're so fragile, we think we have to be perfect. And if we can just normalize, like, no, no, that's not the goal at all. It's to just stay like porous and open to new information, then being wrong won't feel so terrifying.
1: Yeah, it's really important. <laughs> like, my friend Liana Sims, who's incredible, always says she has this great quote about your discomfort as a beginner is not as important as human lives, you wow. know? And I, I, think about that a lot with, you know, white fragility and anti-racism mm. of like being uncomfortable is part of it. It's yeah. like the main part of it. Yeah. I <laughs> and know. For our temperament again, like it's worst so nightmare. Worst
0: nightmare. <laughs> We're, and that's the thing too is I will, my initial reaction to discomfort is like, oh, something's wrong. I'm like, I'm misaligned or there's not like, it's a symptom that something's wrong and needs to be fixed. And it, and Especially in these cases, but kind of also just the whole deal with life (laughs) is that if you're uncomfortable, that's probably a good sign. If you're, you can have moments of comfort for sure, um, and even phases and seasons of comfort. But like if you're always comfortable, that's not ideal.
1: (laughs) It's not ideal for growth. You know, I think, I think the idea of you have to be uncomfortable to grow can also be a little bit extreme. I agree
0: 100%, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think also staying in the I, – I I do believe we have to do things we don't want to do, mm-hmm. you know, and and it's cyclical, right? Like, I think this is really a lot of period talk in the last <laughs> chat as well. <laughs> yeah. But the, it's true. Like, there there are times to be dogmatic and on, you know – Growing, and there are times to just be like, okay, I I surrender and let it go and see what happens there. And it's like that willingness to move back
0: and forth. Yes, I'm so glad that you said that because I I think, and I want to be really clear about this. Even the seasons of discomfort, I think we should always be doing that titrating. So. I don't know, at least for me, I think there are people where like being really dogmatic and like being like discipline is useful for them. For me, I I have to feel safe and nurtured in order to allow myself to feel uncomfortable. So, so discomfort definitely doesn't mean like feeling unsafe. And I think that for me, it does take a like moment to moment titration of like, I'll use the anger for example. If I'm noticed that I'm feeling anger, whoo, that's like going into that feels really uncomfortable. And then I can respond to that discomfort with like, "Oh, buddy, yeah, this is hard." And then that provides a little bit of comfort. And then I'm I'm feeling safe again. I can look deeper into it and be like, "Am I just like was I in the wrong with that?" Ooh, yeah. that is yep. so uncomfortable. Yep. And then the next moment I can go, It, yeah, we're wrong sometimes. You're safe to be wrong. It's okay. I think I'm really glad that you said that because I do think even like in the self-help and even in the spiritual world, it could be like, just lean into the discomfort, almost like a, you deserve to be uncomfortable. And I don't think that that is how we work. It's certainly not how I work as a person. I don't think it is meant to be all or nothing. I think we're meant to like titrate between and, and you know, you're, it's like we just um, did a sleep school for my three-year-old, as you know. And the whole point of it was to teach co-regulation or to teach self-regulation through co-regulating. So she's uncomfortable sleeping in her own bed because she's never done it before. And she's always had us there. And we are right there standing in the door. She would prefer us laying in bed with her. But we have, we have at that point, you know, like we slowly kind of inched closer and closer to the door. So even though she's like, come get me (laughs) pats, like cover me, you know, asking these things, she's uncomfortable, but she's not unsafe because she knows that we're right there. We're talking to her, we're helping her through it. And like we're just showing her that her um her world can expand and so it is uncomfortable in that moment but it's not unsafe and we need the exact same things we don't grow out of needing that we need we need the exact same things to lean into the discomfort we need to be extra gentle with ourselves yeah
1: because i think it'll be a big boom and a bust like we'll burn mm. out if we go too much and i think this is I think where we we vary slightly or you or maybe not but you really helped me and I think we just have different places that we've gone down rabbit holes with. Yeah. And I I can have a tendency to be very dogmatic and disciplined to a fault and then overcorrect and like kind of go too far in the different directions. Mm -hmm. And your gentleness, like, early on in our friendship really helped me with some things that Mm -hmm. I really admired out of you. And I think that that's how we learn, right? By, like, knowing how, seeing how other people do it. Mm -hmm. And, like, about the anger piece, maybe this is semantics, but frustration versus versus anger. Because Mm -hmm. what you were talking about, when you said victim mentality, right? Like I can feel, I'm so unaware of my anger that as we were talking about it, I'm like, I can be bummed that something happened. Like, you know, I don't want to keep talking about cactus hands, but like (laughs) bummer about that or bummer about like whatever, uh, anything. Like I had a situation recently where, kind of like you were saying about this person being – Sending you that text and just really feeling that. Mm-hmm. I had someone on a phone conversation yesterday. I'm happy that you're here today because I feel like I would have sent you a voice text about this <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But basically, my friend Isabel she was having a really intense situation happen and and she just gave me this really great compliment about like being a good friend. And Aww. I made the joke that I often make, which is like, wish I could get paid for that because that is literally <laughs> all I feel like I do. <laughs> and, and she was, she made this point. She was like, wow, this is, that makes so much sense for you and how much pressure you put mm. on your friendships. And she was like, I'm really understanding something with you that in Because you don't really prioritize dating or work or anything else in the same way or family in the same way as you prioritize your friendships, it's like the are-they-mad-at-me thing is so intense for you. Yeah. Because it's everything. You've created your family. It's kind of related to your work. Everything you have is relationship-based. Yes. So it's your, like, Achilles heel to be part of a group, to be accepted. It's, like, the whole Mm
0: -hmm. thing.
1: And I heard her say that. And I felt like I was being read like a book. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, you're the, uh, they're onto something when you feel like very exposed. exposed. You're like, oh, I'm naked in class.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was exactly. It, it felt just like that. And at first, I was just like excited for the oh self awareness of mm-hmm. that. Of like, oh, now this makes sense why I do that. Yeah. And then it shifted to frustration. I was like this is such a bummer. Like, Mm. I don't want to have to, it it shifted to anger. I'm Mm. calling it frustration because I don't really let my, I was, I was really, I I keep, I can't even say angry. I just say sad, like, which is Mm. victim mentality. Like, I know I have so much and I'm so grateful and I'm Mm. so grateful for all the people that I have in my life. But I, I realized like how much it means to me is this sort of like safety, security. I'm just, Trying, I'm trying to find an anchor because yeah. I feel like I'm floating a lot of the time. As like you know, a person who's pretty dis living alone, you're very dysregulated, right? Like I have no one to co-regulate with, so sometimes my like yes. routines and habits are strange because mm. that's the big thing that living by myself. It, it was challenging, yeah, and I saw myself be like go into anger and and then just like pivot out of it and go to sadness, Sadness. which is maybe skipping a step.
0: I wonder. Yeah. I, and I also think that there is both in there. Like when you can really sit, when I can really sit with my feelings, it's never just one feeling. It's, it's a whole gaggle in there, like a whole party of all the feelings and everybody is like having their own moment at the mic, you know? So it, it probably was both of those things. And I just, I, first of all, I want to say, I, of course, really relate to that. I, I do think in general, I'm going to say feminine nature. Um, so I'm not going to put this on like a gender, but people with more feminine um, energy, which I think both of us have, do relate to the world through relationships. That is um, like, I, more and more, I'm like, you know, I think my spiritual label, if I had to give myself one, would be a feminine mystic because I'm learning more about the feminine mystics and they all are like, there's a quote by Teresa of Avila that says, God is in amongst the pots and pans. So they're very much about not leaving this plane of like the mundane things that we do, the millions of feelings that we have in a day. The relationship struggles, all of that is like, that's what's holy. There's, whereas, you know, there are traditions, spiritual traditions that are more maybe masculine, where it's all about trying to like transcend that, leave the body, leave this realm. Oh, just to normalize, like, yeah, you are a relational being and you understand the world through relationship. And especially in the season of your life living alone, that makes so much sense that. If I were living alone I would definitely be having the same reactions and being like yeah I need I need to these friendships are how I am regulating my nervous system and I don't think there's anything wrong with that or un- even unhealthy we we need each other to do that and I just like a couple years ago there was another I don't. This doesn't happen that often. It's funny that I'm bringing two different cases up in this podcast already. But I had another situation with a friend where she, I, I think in this case she said something that hurt my feelings, and I was learning about internal family systems. Oh, yeah. yeah, and that was so. I kind of was sitting with that and like talked to like the protect the protector was. The belief that a hundred percent of the people have to love me a hundred percent of the time, or not even love me, but be pleased with me. Yeah. So IFS just briefly, we did yes, an episode please. on this a while ago, but it's did. I want to listen to
1: that. It's it's cool. So it's it's internal family systems, and it was actually discovered by this doctor, or discovered it was made up by yeah. this <laughs> this doctor who was working a lot with eating disorder clients, these, these families, and he would have. um you know, them all in the room. But then he decided to be like, let me just talk to the dad and the daughter for a second and see what comes up. And then he'd be like, all right, let me reconfigure and have like the mom and the dad or whatever it was. And then he was like, maybe I could do this with a person and with all of their different emotions in their brain. And then or in their mind and then and then talk to them separately. So that's what Val's talking about. Yeah. Right? How
0: did I do that? Yeah. That was incredible. You did it way better than I did. A could little have. bit rusty. No, that was perfect. You and you like kept it so concise. If I had tried to explain it, I would be like, and there's these like the different layout. You like that was I really just
1: don't know enough to no, not make. <laughs> no,
0: that's all you need to know about this. basically, all you need to know for the purpose that of my relationship with it is that we have these protectors that we build. Like, it's like you have a wound as a child and then that develops a, like a guardian, like a protector. And you can't, he was noticing that when he would bypass the protector and go straight to the wound, people were getting worse. So it's like, you need to talk to the protector first and kind of until there's an opening into the actual wound And then you can comfort the wound wow. Isn't that great? Yeah. So I had this the protector of 100% of the people Need to be 100% pleased with me At all times 100% of the times <laughs> Which is like another thing That when you expose that belief You're like that's so unreasonable right. It's so funny it's But so it feels funny. so true <laughs> It feels so true So then I just the He has these questions That you can ask the protectors uh, and I don't remember a lot of them, but I do remember one of them is, How old do you think I am? And like, I felt like that protector was like seven, definitely. Yeah and 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 then you tell the protector how old you actually are so i think i was like 31 and i was like guess what i'm 31 and it like felt so good because it really in that moment i was so identified with as we are when we're triggered so identified with my child self that once i could remember my adult self i was like oh right like i'm not so fragile um, so that was like really helpful. And then what I uncovered was that the wound is, uh, is a child self identification, believing I am so helpless and small in the world that I need to keep everybody pleased with me so that they will take care of me. So it's, it looks like. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? Whoa! <laughs> And I'm not saying this is true for you, but it turns out it is. is. We are so similar, I wouldn't be surprised. But isn't that wild? Because it manifests as I'm taking care of everybody else. But I'm doing that because I'm trying to keep... It's a child trying to keep her parents happy so that she can... Because she knows that she depends on them for survival. Yeah. I have just reallocated that to every person in my life. (laughs) And like, I feel like I need, I need somebody. I mean, in this, even now, as I say that, it's like, I don't feel that on a conscious level. It's like the deepest, deepest core of that wound is, is like, I need, I need these people for survival. So I have to keep them pleased with yeah. me. And if they text me and say that I upset them, that's like a it feels like a threat to my survival. Yeah. Which also we do have the biology of needing the pack to approve of you. So that's a little bit in everybody. Right. But that was a big moment for me. <sighs>
1: Yeah, it sounds really similar to this phone call like while I was at the laundromat yesterday (laughs) because she she said very similarly like she was having a really intense like dating work situation and she kind of asked me a similar question. I was like, honestly, Isabel, like I haven't even – like I have so many – like my priority of needs is like I'm just not there yet with like – I'm not in the same like avenue to even think about these things and then that I was kind of like – We're not dissimilar in age, you know, and so I was just kind of like, "Oh man!" Like, my biggest distraction is like just wanting to feel part of a group, you know, Mm -hmm. and I and wanting to like feel accepted, and like it could be a party that I throw, and I'm like,
0: "Should I go?" You know, (laughs) like (laughs) just constantly feeling. I I can tell that this would be better if I wasn't here. I'm gonna go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just use my house.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's it's a really interesting feeling because I think it, it it scared me enough last night to feel mm. like, oh, wow, I am putting so much pressure on this because this is all I have and kind of thinking like, okay, I need to diversify mm. my – that is maybe part of it. And then Richie Rohr, as we say in his family, <laughs> Richard Rohr, he's, what does he say, that thing that's like, can you try to accept that you're accepted?
0: Oh yeah. I forgot about that one. That's so good. Accept that you're accepted. That's it. Oh. And why? It's so hard. It's so hard. But I think the beginning always for me with anything is how can I introduce kindness for myself into this situation? So even the like I so I so identify with the frustration of like like you're exposed and then you're like, why am I like this? You know, like that's always the next thing for me. Like, why can't I just like get a grip? You know, like I get that all the time. And then that's why this my my teachers are jack cornfield and tara brock and um i learn i teach mindfulness and and i've learned from them and that's what drew me to them is that their answer to everything they reword it and reword it and reword it a million different ways but it could all be distilled into can i observe this with kindness like can i be with this with kindness and there's this idea that you just meet yourself wherever you're at. So in that moment, if you're frustrated, you're like, well, maybe I'm not ready to be kind to the part of me that needs other people, but can I be kind to the frustration? No, maybe not yet. Okay. Can I be kind to the part of me that's wanting to be kind to the frustration? You know, like wherever you can get your little foot in the door of kindness. And that is, Honestly, my entire work is just trying to remember that at key moments, and I don't always. I, I go through a lot of other things before I'm like, oh right, kindness is kind of all that's missing here. There's no, I'm not broken. This isn't a fundamental problem that's going to like destroy me and everybody I know. Like th- this is what it feels like sometimes when we get when we see parts of ourselves that are harder for us to. be like, you know. And it's and it's just yeah, again and again being like, okay, where can I be kind to myself? Cuz compassion, self-compassion is well, just I would say in general, I I I don't I could be totally wrong. This could be something that when we do <laughs> this 7 years from now, I'm like, no, I wasn't really right there. That's an oversimplification. But I have found so far that compassion is the only um, antidote to suffering. (laughs) It's like the only way to respond to suffering, you know?
1: Oh, well, as much as we're saying like, oh, we change so much and it's so uncomfortable to go back as much as I believe that this is such a contradiction, but I also see these same tendencies like the same shit i'm doing now wanting to fit into a friend group here feeling on the outside i did you know when we were in hawaii you know what i mean and you were so amazing and like now i'm like oh i'm definitely in the group there. oh yeah you know? we were we always felt you
0: like you were in the group right
1: <laughs> it, which is so nice but like okay that i feel like i'm in the group of there's another group and then it's it's the same thing as like when i was 9 or at the mean girls house you know it's like yes. it's all the
0: same shit just you know, more or less wrinkles, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. And it's, you know, the times so uh, anger is a hard one for me. and f- but fear is my most prominent feeling, And that is also very hard for me. <laughs> um, that's why I created Judith, this embodiment of my fear, to try to be kind to her. But the times that I've been able to sit with my fear, often one of the first feelings that comes up, Is like, oh, right, you, you're the one that's always with me and has always been here. And there's a little, it sounds so like definitely some, there's frustration in that. And there's usually a little dose of like, I know you, you're like my familiar kind of companion. And that's why I do love having a wild thing as my reference for it, is it's like, you're not bad, but you do cause a lot of anxiety and trouble and, you know, uh, but you're not bad. And like, so can I just make peace with you bashing around in there? You know? Like, yeah. It's it's fine. You're here and then you'll go and then you'll come back. I know you. You're familiar. And it just is a little bit of a reframing for me because I can get into, uh, I I say it probably – once a week to myself, like, oh, my God, I'm still here? Like, I'm still here? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, sure, can we let go of the idea? It's it's also that Carl Rogers quote. That's like the paradox is the moment that I can truly accept myself as I am is the moment that I can actually change. Like, I botched it, but like, so there is this like – all right, you're here. You've always been here. I know you. You don't scare me. You're a part of me. Yeah. And then I think that is the beginning of, of changing. But also you are changing and improving. It's more like a spiral where it feels like, wait, I've been here before, but like you're a level up. You're just in the same, you mm-hmm. have way more resources yeah. and way more knowledge on this. And you've named it a thousand times. Yeah. That's so different than where you were before you maybe even had awareness of it. Yeah. You know?
1: It's like being a kid and you have so much more experience with this. Of like the first time you sneeze, it's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then the, the other times you're like. Okay, okay, that's a little yeah. weird kind of feels good. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like this. Wait a minute. This
0: is cool. That yeah. is a perfect example,
1: yeah, yeah, well, that's the thing about being a teenager you're you're feeling everything for the first time, so yeah. it's so intense, yeah. although I feel like I'm a teenager now, so no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean i I know if emotions are really, really hard to make friends with and and it does feel like it's like we have this story or something that it's like, well, I've never felt it this way. Like this intense before, and it's really when you can kind of widen your awareness and look at it, you're like, no, this is the same thing. And I just had that recently because your brain also is pretty tricky and wants to keep your awareness in your brain and out of your body. So it's pretty smart in like the ways that it, it does that. And it tries to like make the same old, you know, the same old monster under the bed looked like a whole different animal. And really, i it's funny because the way – what brought it about was we watched Severance, which is like the new show with Adam Scott.
1: Oh, shit. About the bo- – from the book?
0: Is it from a book?
1: I have the book. And I, the, is it about like basically a pandemic kind of – or not a pandemic, but like the people in the Midwest, they're like stranded in a house together and they – they all go to a
0: house to write out something. Oh no, that sounds like maybe it could have been like adapted from that. This is about a a work situation where Oh, so never mind. <laughs> yeah, well that is also the that this would give you that feeling too even oh, if it's not uh-huh. the same thing. Just it, it's not what we're dealing with now, but it is calling out sort of this like way that we can all be like sleepwalking through our lives. And it's such a good idea. It's such a good show. And I can't watch it because <laughs> I'm just such a sensitive person. And the the premise basically is just that he, like Adam Scott's character, works high up in this corporation where there's so many secrets that in order to get this position, you have to sever the part a part of you have to sever your work life and your your um home life in your brain so you only they do this procedure so that when you're at work you only know work you have no memories that's so like i keep,
1: my whole life is my i'm always working never working
0: yes exactly <laughs> like this would just be the exact opposite of what you're doing so like to the to the the people who you know the versions of them that are working they never feel like they leave but then to um, Whoa. the outside people, they know they go into work, but they don't know anything that happens after that. So it's very interesting, but it is like a psychological thriller and fundamentally like my biggest fear is that I'm going to slip into madness. So I can't, <laughs> I can't handle psychological thrillers. <laughs> it's me, I, I think I've already slipped. <laughs> we're, slipping. we're, I'm, I'm very accident prone as, as we know here, I'm, I'm always slipping and tripping. One of these days I'm just going <laughs> to fall right into madness. So. <laughs> I mean, oh hold on tight <laughs> yeah exactly wow yeah and so anyway but all of that is to say it led me so we watched like two episodes and then I went to I was like folding laundry and I was like I can do this like I'm handling this I got this and then I went to go pick my daughter up from school and I was just like um okay this what is this? <laughs> like, this, is this like a simulation? And I'm going to like die and like take a helmet off and be like, <laughs> whoa. And like, and then I was like, all these like things that I do for mindfulness to like regulate myself all of a sudden sounded, I was like suspicious of it. Like I was like, <gasps> I was like, oh, just surrender. Um, That's submission. This is terrifying. I know. And then I was like, I was like, the other thing that I say to myself, which I fundamentally do stand by, is like, don't believe your thoughts. This yeah. is just your thoughts. You don't have to believe them. And I was like, don't believe your thought? Like, <laughs> that's um that's brainwashing. And then… Ooh, the, this is intense. I know. I was like, the first, I came home and I was like, I can't watch Severance. It's like fucking with me. And uh, I really, like, once I was able to regulate, and it really did take me just trusting, being like, okay, whatever my brain was throwing at me, but what if you... And I'm like, eh, okay, let's just return back to the body. Yeah. Let's return and trust and trust and trust. And like it was like 45 minutes of an episode of me just being like, I don't know. Then once I was able to get space back into my body, back regulated and get space from it, I was like... You don't scare. You you're not tricking me. Fear like cool, you came up with like a new compelling story yeah. to kind of like dodge the things that I usually throw at you. But you're still the same old thing. Yeah. It's not, it's just the it's just fear and in my body and then my brain making these elaborate stories to to keep the fear alive and the the most the, you know, the only thing that I know to do is just keep returning back to my body's experience and not giving any more energy to my brain's thoughts. And it really was this time, the thing to do was just to like shrug and be like, okay, sure. Like, it's like telling this worst case scenarios and you're like, yeah, all right. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Sure. Maybe that will happen. Who cares? (laughs) You know?
1: This week's episode is brought to you by Native, one of my favorites. They're best known for their aluminum-free deodorant, and they want to help everybody practice what they call safe sweats, which is why they keep their ingredients really simple. They're things you know and love, like coconut oil and shea butter and baking soda. We know all those. And what's cool about it is they really check a lot of boxes. 24-hour odor protection, naturally derived ingredients, as we just discussed, a smooth, residue-free application, and over 10 cents to choose from. I love a lot of them. My favorite is the cucumber mint there's also unscented which is a great option my friend told me he just got that one christine turned me on to native a really long time ago actually she gave me one and i loved it so much every day when i put it on and i smelled it it made me really happy and i think you might like it too Maybe you want to make the switch from an antiperspirant to native. Visit their site and you can discover all of the scents. And maybe even try out, you know, while you're at it, a moisturizing body wash smell fresh all day long with native get 20 percent off your order by going to nativedeo.com slash let it out or use the promo code let it out at checkout that's nativedeo.com slash let it out and use promo code let it out at checkout for 20 percent off your first order Every so often, I'm looking for a new podcast, something completely different to what I usually listen to and just needing to switch it up. And I think I have one for you from Wondery. Call Me Curious is a podcast hosted by Nikki Boyer that finally gives you definitive answers to life's burning questions. We're all on a 24-7 information overload on our newsfeed, in our inboxes, Maybe on TikTok, I haven't even downloaded it yet, but you know, it's hard to know what's real and what isn't when it comes to pop culture and relationships and wellness. And that's why Nikki is bringing you Call Me Curious. Every week on Call Me Curious, Nikki dives into all the things you've heard about but don't really know about that's right you know you don't have to just nod along at parties and run to the bathroom and Google what is cryptocurrency we have an episode on that actually but Nikki Nikki will really help you to understand and you'll laugh along the way as she explores little mysteries and the internet's hottest topics like this is a really good one. Is it true you can't die in your dreams? Haven't we all wondered about that? That is a really great one. That that one's going to get me to listen. You'll find out with Nikki and some of her hilarious friends on her podcast, Call Me Curious. It's really so fascinating and fun, and I just really like her. And you learn something, which is, you know, really wonderful. I highly recommend it. And I think that if you like this show, you're really going to like that show. Listen to Call Me Curious on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen. You can listen early and ad free by subscribing to Wondery Plus and Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app. Today's episode is brought to you by the very helpful GoodRx. You can finally stop overpaying for prescription medications with GoodRx. I didn't know this, but prescription prices can vary between pharmacies by as much as $100. Who knew? But with GoodRx, you can find discounts and it lets you compare and find the lowest prices at pharmacies near you, like CVS or Walgreens or... Right Aid, all of them. Now, you'll always know what you're paying before you even get to the pharmacy. Even if you have insurance or Medicare, GoodRx often beats your copay price. In fact, anytime you need to fill a prescription, just check GoodRx and you could save up to 80%. That's so many percent. Being mindful of your prescription costs is free and easy with GoodRx. Check out the website or download the free GoodRx app. It's really helpful. I used it and I saved so much money getting to have this really simple app on my phone. I just checked it and I I couldn't believe how much of a difference it makes because to be honest with you, I really genuinely thought that prescriptions cost the same no matter what. I had no idea until GoodRx. So for simple, smart savings on your prescriptions, check GoodRx or go to GoodRx.com slash let it out. That's GoodRx.com slash let it out. GoodRx.com slash let it out. GoodRx is not insurance, but it can be used instead of insurance. In 2021, GoodRx users saved an average of 79% on retail prescription prices. I wrote something down from a conversation we had this summer that you said, and I think this really relates to your mindfulness training, but it was so helpful to me that enough that I wrote it down in a note in my phone. So, Aww. but I think it relates to this. You said basically it all comes back to remembering your your body when you forget. And then everything kind of falls into place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. See, I've I've been preaching on this soapbox for a while. That's exactly right. Good. That but really helped you when you said that. It's it's such a and it and it really is so simple. It's not easy. And it does take a constant, like moment to moment remembering to go back in, to go back in. But for me When I can—and it happened in this—I mean, this happened on, like, Tuesday, so less than a week ago, and I still had to do this practice. It really is, like, as soon as—because the body doesn't have any stories, and your brain can make up anything. Yeah. So, of course, it's terrifying. There's no rules of reality. (laughs) Happening in the stories that your brain is telling you. Yeah. And your body has no story. It's just experiencing. And every time I can, like, your brain really wants you to think that the scariest place in the world is your body. But as soon as I can drop down into my body, even if I'm experiencing a really big feeling, if I can just experience the sensation, it's a huge relief. It really is like shining the light under the bed and realizing there's no monsters. It's like, it's just like your dog, like your beloved dog. It's so, it's the only thing that I have found that consistently has worked every time I was able to do it and is simple enough for me to remember. So the thing about like everything else falls into place, that's the other story that our brains tell us is like, we have so much to fix. We got this and this and this and this and that, you know. And then once you, I'm in the my body and I'm able to drop the story, I just kind of see like, there's there's really nothing to do. Like I just need to be and be embodied and take the next step and then the next step. And everything is is more aligned if I'm working from that place. That being said, I do want to say like, if anybody's listening who isn't we all have complicated relationships with our bodies we all are i i think it's safe to say we all in in the u.s uh almost all of us have like dissociated at some point when we were kids and and usually have remained dissociated we also all do dissociate even after experiencing embodiment there's just times that's like a that's actually an appropriate defense sometimes where it's like you're not safe let's go <laughs> let's uh, let, we'll we'll return the awareness back to the body when we're in a safer space um but it is something that just takes serious gentleness and time to re-inhabit your body very slowly at your own pace and Then, I mean, I've been working on it for the last three over like three and a half years, pretty regularly, just trying to inhabit my body. And I still really regularly leave again. So it's all just with like kindness and not letting it be another thing that you're like, oh, I can't be my body. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Because it all can be really overwhelming. I'm remembering now when we were having that conversation. I think I was saying, like, God, I just feel like I have so much more to do and, you know, which we all feel all the time, but it can feel like such a mountain. And, yeah, I feel very, like, outside of – I haven't gotten that
0: embodiment piece, which is, like, the main piece. (laughs) (laughs) It's so tough. It's so tough. I mean, I was just having a friend tell me that she was, like – Well, we were talking about how she, how it's like hard for her to like be present during sex or to like masturbate or anything like sexual is difficult. And then she also shared that she, she's like, when you, when people say like, listen to your inner voice, like, I don't think I have that. Like, I don't know what that feels like. And I was like, I think all of this is connected to embodiment and, and, and. Oh, so normal. So that's the most, that's the important takeaway. Like yeah. so, so common. We and we did it as like a defense. So it it was it was loving. Our brains thought that our bodies were the place that pain happens. So they were like, all right, we'll take it from here. And that was loving and protective. It was just misguided. But that is the the kind of alignment I was saying is you realize like, wow, my creativity is in my body, my gut, my intuition is in my body. My, you know, Um, there's so much valuable about it, but it does, like I said, it just does really take such gentleness and care and that kind of titrating of like, because it. I've also heard Tara Brock, my teacher say, you know, if there wasn't, something's, we wouldn't, we would have never left if there wasn't something in there that was kind of scary to us. It might not actually be scary once you're faced with it, but in our own minds, it's, it seems kind of scary. So that's why just like the name of the game is loving yourself, being gentle with yourself, knowing when you're like, that's enough for today. <laughs> I can go back to how I'm usually relating to the world, and then, like, oh, can I dive in a little bit more? Okay, cool. And certainly, if you have any trauma, um, it's it's really good to do that in the the presence of a therapist or somebody who knows about it. but um that yeah, it's it's like hard but really rewarding. And I really also want to be clear that I'm not speaking from, like, somebody who's figured this out because I I know all this stuff and this is my work. But as a a person in this time in this country, I also, like, regularly have to remind myself to return back again and again, you know. Those are the only people that I ever want to
1: listen to. Anyone who tells you that they're <laughs> yeah. an expert and has it figured out. Yeah. You should run in the other direction.
0: Absolutely. I don't expect that I will get like I wh- like I can't even imagine a goal of like I live 100% embodied 100% of the time like I that's I that goal is not on my chart. I just I want to remember maybe quicker. As I get older, like I expect that I'm going to get lost in my mind and then maybe their turnaround time gets a little quicker (laughs) and maybe I'm able to be even more gentler, even more gentler, Uh, even more gentle. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's not
1: linear, linear.
0: It's certainly not linear. Should we get started now? Yeah, let's get started. I was also like, wait, you had so many fun things for us to talk about. And I I like instantly was like anger and fear. And let's just get into it. But I do want to like talk about silly shit too. Well, (laughs) I want to go back to just a quick second
1: into, you know, the baby us in our mid-20s conversation because you said something in there about how God, what did I write down, I wrote down some notes of like, okay, we talk a lot about codependency, which you were you were talking about you know how much you had learned at that point, and and you had you had really learned a lot, and that was really cool, and the funniest part that was uncomfortable was I kept agreeing with you, like I knew, and then looking back five <laughs> years later, I had
0: had. One relationship.
1: Like <laughs> it was just so wild to me that part. But then you were also talking about where you were at that point. And then I knew that knowing now that the that even that relationship deepens and changes. And like yeah. who knew that a couple of years later I would be at your wedding with someone at that point I was Dating and hadn't even met yet when we were recording that that like yes that would end like, yes there's so it's just much It's so funny how time like oh. that that time capsule of that conversation like as much as it was cringy it
0: was also wow wild <laughs> yes I I really think the wisdom that we can bring to this conversation is is like. Yes, I hope seven years from yeah. now we feel cringe. the same way we do about this. And like maybe we've learned to like cringe less, but we're still like what we're saying is will still be just as much like, oh wow, I thought I knew about embodiment then. Oh my God. yeah like I, I've experienced so many different things with it, you know. Um, because when you <laughs> when you told me that we talked about codependency, I was like, Oh my God, what did I say? Because I had just moved in with Pete and we were, we still are codependent. We keep saying we're codependent. We just both are. So it's fine. (laughs) Like it doesn't bother anybody else in the relationship. Uh, And like, I think codependency is something that I really have a lot of work to do on. So I'm glad I was aware of it when I was 25, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad I was aware of the concept, but I probably wasn't very aware at the time that I was like fully in a codependent (laughs) relationship. Yeah.
1: I mean, as much as I was like, I was so, after, after my relationship with Nick ended, I was so into, as you know, fixing my codependency. Yeah. And I think, you know, one way to do it is just like be alone, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I just put it all onto other things, like Mm. anything that would- Find it, and mm. and now I think that it's we are. We talk about this all the time. Like we are human beings who want to connect, yeah. And we constantly have this need to connect with each other. And I don't even know where I'm going with
0: this. Yeah, I re- well <laughs> help. <laughs> You're so cute. You're I depend so cute. on you. <laughs> Please, I need you help me. Um, I uh, well, I was just gonna say that I do think that there is a difference between like codependent. I think when we say codependency, a lot of times we mean just like an, a healthy dependency. We're like, like, the. I don't think the answer, and I really am somewhat out of my element here. Like Like I said, I have a lot more learning to do about this. But I wouldn't think that the answer to codependency is to then depend on no one. Right. Be like a self-sufficient person who doesn't. And I, I actually have a, like a couple people that I know who go that far, where they're like, "Yeah, I'm in this relationship, but I'm not gonna like, I'm, ne- I'm gonna never gonna need this person." It's an overcorrection, maybe. Yeah, an overcorrection. I would say, in my view, and I think that they're. Codependency is specifically like, I need you to depend on me so that I have self-worth. Dependency, I think, is like, hey, we're, we're all connected and like your, my nervous system needs your nervous system. It just does. Yeah. Like we need, and this is what a lot of us learned in the pandemic, like we need to be in physical space where our nervous systems are like, Ooh, okay, we're together on this. Like it's dependency in the, the healthy way is actually the thing that I think is maybe the most gorgeous about the human experience is like our bodies were built to need each other and to need the trees and to need the oceans and to need everything. These are the clues that we're not alone, that we're all connected. We're part of the same living thing. And like, what's better than that? So needing your friends to feel like an anchor, I don't know. I'm just not convinced that's a bad thing. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think so either. I I think
1: there's something about like getting into the same rhythms as, as people, you know, like, and right, like your nervous system's regulating, like you were talking about. And I always think about this, like, like when we went to Hawaii is a really good example, right? Like, when you've been in this container that feels like camp and then we were suddenly out of that, the first couple of days are jarring because you're yeah. trying to like – you've been like running with someone and then you're running on your own, you know? And that that's just an example. I felt this so many different times in my life. And it's something that I tend to do and I think we're similar in this, but like I fall in love easily. I like feel things big and blah, blah, blah. Um, maybe something to be angry about or frustrated about, <laughs> but it is what it is. And when I was traveling by myself and I would spend time on my own, which I ended up loving, and I would visit people and live with them. When I was in Australia with Aaron and Noah, I was so in there, we were all in the same one mind, you know? Yeah. You're in like, okay, when are we eating? When are we sleeping? Whatever. And then they dropped me to the airport and suddenly I'm like how do I do this? What are Aaron and Noah eating? How do I, like, I oh, was like, yes. really discombobulated. And mm-hmm. that's such a small example of what happens to me. Even like on the weekends, I'll, I'll hang out with my friend Zoe, like, we'll, you know, kind of be together for a whole day and then mm-hmm. she'll go. And I'm like, how, what do I do now? You're yeah. like, it oh, <laughs> takes yeah. me a second. <laughs> Oh, my god! And then I catch up and I'm like, oh, I love this. Yes. Like, but I just have to warm up with myself.
0: That's right. And you have to remember your center, yeah. like who you are, the part of you that doesn't change based on who you're with, the part yeah. of you that, like, is always there and can be there with no one around. Um, I just really, really, really relate to that. I know I keep <laughs> saying that, but, like, boy, I know that feeling. And And when I leave Pete i mean pete and i have a fantastic relationship and i think there's a lot of things that contribute to that and i have to admit that one of those things is that like neither one of us is great at being alone particularly me like i have trauma about being alone so you know this like when he leaves town you've like offered to let to like stay with me and i have people stay with me because there's there's, like, real trauma around it. It's your friends love when we got <laughs> tacos and margaritas. And it's, it's a good time. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's a good excuse to have an adult sleepover. <laughs> and it's another good excuse to, like, depending on people's good. Like, it, that helps me
1: to know that I can be helpful for you and it's fun for me, too. Like, we, yeah. community-wise, like to help each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there are just, like, we all have different wounds, I still, I mean, like, I get embarrassed about that one. Like, I'm like, this is terrible. I'm 33. I should be able to be alone right now. Like, what's wrong with me? And I, and I do sometimes go like, okay, tonight I'm going to try to stay by myself and I can do it. But I also then am gentle with myself and I'm like, this is trauma. So like, you got to really take it slow. But all of that is to say, I have the feeling like times that I've gone on trips by myself the first twenty four hours that I've left Pete i will have I will have if not a panic attack, I will have not had one because I've learned so many resources at, at regulating myself, but I will have had to actively regulate myself, and it is so disorienting for me, and it's such a unless i'm going. Directly to somebody else. But if I'm like going on a solo trip, or even if I'm like have a really long flight and I'm by myself, it is like, it is a real thing. Like, I can't, I'm that, that reorienting thing and recalibrating is so, so scary for me. And I do get better at it in the sense that, like, I do what you said. Quicker, where you're just like, wait a minute, I do have this mode. Mm -hmm. I can get in this mode. So I feel like that's just what probably is already happening for you and is going to keep happening. Where you're just going to snap back into your alone mode, yeah, quicker and easier.
1: I'm better at it now because of exposure therapy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I'm still kind of new here. You know, it's just like yeah, I had to quickly, but I think the big ones have been hard for me of like coming out of. Being in a relationship and not being in a relationship is, like, the biggest one of that, you yes, know? Yes,
0: absolutely. Oh, of course. That is really disorienting, When, especially if you're in a relationship where you're really close and you're, like, this, you're kind of, like, my world right yeah. now. Like, my, you're not the only thing in my world, but, like, everything is a little bit through the lens of us, you know? That's a big, big adjustment. It's, like, pretty cool that you, like, did it. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I'm pretty impressed. Well, I know. I mean, well, this is the other thing too. I think I the the overcorrection that you were saying with your friend of like not wanting to to do it again because mm-hmm. of fear, like I think that's that's probably in in here somewhere, but this is something I wanted to ask you about because I've been contemplating this this week which is I think Many of us. And I think for me, like my two main values are connection and freedom, right? Mm. And I think the two of them are at odds. Mm.
0: What do you think about this? Ooh, that's so interesting. So you, because you, yes, I can see what you mean, I think. Like the, you want to be connected, but then you also like want, you feel the need to, like, have your own time and space. Is that the freedom piece? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do think those two things, I could see how they would be at odds in a lot of circumstances, but I do think that there's a way that they can coexist mm-hmm. happily. And I'm finding that in my own relationship where what it took for me is a secure attachment. Mm. And like once I had, and you can have that. You don't have to be in a romantic relationship to have that. You can have that with friends, with just people that you know is they're, like they're good. They're they're not going to scare away easily. You can yeah. show them every part of you, and they're here for it. And once I had that, then I was like, it's interesting because my daughter went to school that like started preschool in September, and then Pete started working all day. So I was like really nervous about spending all my days alone in the house. And I was very surprised to find out that I fucking love it. <laughs> and in fact, now Pete is not working and I'm like, "Get out." <laughs> like, "Can't you can you just go in your office? Like I have my things that I do, yeah. you know." And and that's a real big step for me. And I think it did for me, it did take just being like, I know I'm, I know I'm held in this relationship. And I'm, he- and the, like, sh- I think the most healthy thing would be for me to be like, I'm held by this universe, like, I'm held in this re- reality. I don't need this person to be held not quite there yet hope to get there one day <laughs> um but i do feel held in this relationship so then i can enjoy the freedom of and that's like what they say for i i, I mean I, i'm a parent so i was about to apologize for all the kid references but i that's just my world right now and it really does apply like mo- probably one of the biggest lessons i've learned as a parent is there's no difference between how kids are as far as their nervous systems like they are developing but in general it's just basic human needs and we need the same thing the things that we think we grow out of we d- we don't grow out of and so with her they say a secure a sign of a securely attached kid is that they actually do are very independent and they branch out and they want to like leave you and experience you and also that a sign of a securely attached kid which this really speaks to the anger thing is that they will like totally reject you, scream at you. All of that is the sign that they know that no matter what they do, you're not actually gonna leave. Congrats! <laughs> I that must if that's my progress report or that's my like litmus test, yeah. then yes, we're doing okay. Every she, time she's she's streams, she well screams, she screams gold star. Leave me alone. I don't want to be touched. <laughs> like all those things. She knows we're coming back again and again. Yeah. That's that the attachment style thing is so
1: true because I do feel that like there are certain relationships in my life where I feel so secure. Yeah. And that's the thing about friendship. Like w- that there's, I diversify, right? Like yeah. I, I can, I can do that because I won't get too attached to it in some. But I think the thing about new friendships or moving to a new place or be feeling on the outside, it's like, is not even attachment style. It's just it takes time.
0: Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, there's not there. It's not like you're going to be securely attached. You shouldn't be securely attached to a person right away. Right. You know, right. like, That's going to take. They, they need Groundwork. to earn it, and you need yeah. to earn it, and, like, we need to see that we're safe. And that really is—even this friend that that shared that she was upset, she is one of my safest people mm-hmm. and, and has actually, like, never—in in fact, like, this is not a great quality, but, like, one of—I would say the people, the friends that I have that don't feel like my safest people— our friends that get uh, seem to get offended mm-hmm. a lot because I just can't handle the feeling of offending someone. So yeah. it's not really their fault. In fact, they're probably being way healthier being like, "I'm just going to tell you every time something kind of bothers me" and like that way it's out. And if I were like them, I would be like, "Oh, cool. All right. Great. And then we can move past it." But instead, I'm like, "This has destroyed my reality and now it's all about me." You know, <laughs> like. And so so but this friend it just happens to be like We've never had anything like this before, and she is such a safe person. And even though it did get a big reaction out of me, because of that, I was able to be like, I think this is on me. Like, this is my own thing. And then, like, I texted her, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And she texted right back, like, thanks for saying that. I think it was just a miscommunication. And it was over. Like, it passed. And I was like, unfortunately talk about being uncomfortable. I think I need to have like more of those in my life because the more I can have confrontation that isn't a big deal. Friction. Friction. Exactly. That's the perfect word. The more I'm like, oh, that's not, that's, we're past it. That's Mm -hmm. not scary. You know, it's like, yeah, it's exposure therapy. That's the perfect phrase.
1: And knowing yourself, like I had a similar thing happen and I was just like, All right, I know my patterning. Like, I'm going to be out for like two weeks for this. Like, I'm going to, it's just going to be low level. Like, I'm going to think about it. Like, I just know it. And then they'll go away and be fine. (laughs) I'm going to give myself two weeks. Yeah. There's something like that. (laughs) I just,
0: I know my internal clock. I'm going to be hung up on this for Uh a couple weeks. I love that. That's great self awareness. (laughs) You're
1: so self aware. It, well, (laughs) really inspires me.
0: Well, I feel like you definitely are self-aware, and I'm sure the listens listeners of this podcast witness your self-awareness weekly, weekly, weekly goddamn damn yeah. weekly. God, <laughs> wow, so impressive.
1: Back to twenty, I, the whole reason I brought up 2015, you, because I'm curious about this. You're, you mentioned this that I, 14, whenever the it was the, our last <laughs> yeah. recorded conversation. Yeah, you you mentioned how your brother said that you've been more people than anyone he knows (laughs) as one person. And that was, you know, a while ago. Is that still true? Or do you think that as we get older, we kind of level off?
0: Mm, Yeah. You know, gosh, it is interesting to reflect on that again because I'm sure what I said then and how I, I maybe still feel this way, but how I always related to that comment was like, I don't know. You'll have to tell me if I said this then. I can relate to that comment by being like, that means that I am not authentic. Like I hadn't mm-hmm. yet found my authentic self. So I was just shape-shifting into all these different people trying to find my, my authentic self. And I, I think that was true at a certain point. But now when you read that to me off mic, I was like, yeah, and I've been like 10 other people since then, (laughs) since even saying that. I don't know if that's actually true. I do think I am leveling off to a certain degree, but there's also the element of like we're saying, like growth and evolving. So having a kid, and I want to say that you do not have to have a kid to experience this. There are... Plenty of life things that will give the same effect for me, it happened to be having a kid, which I have had in the time between yeah. this recording and last. Um I feel like I died. I like a hundred percent died and was resurrected as something different that also had a lot of similarities. like things were carried over. It wasn't like I'm unrecognizable. But anything before that is just feels like a, a different person. And I think that's really cool. Like, I want, I can usually tell when I'm talking to somebody, and it's not a judgment. It doesn't make them less interesting to me, but I'll be like, oh, you haven't died yet. <laughs> like, you just, and that's how I would feel listening to 25 year old Valerie. I'd be like, right, you just haven't died <laughs> and like, and faced that. And then, you know, we're, we're reborn as something else. And I expect that that's going to happen to me multiple times throughout my life. So that in that way, I do feel like a different person, but yeah, the, the being multiple different people, it's hard to know what I definitely think early on, I was just mirroring everybody. Because that is exactly what I do to make myself feel safe is I just mirror whoever I'm with. And that's another reason. Like a chameleon? Like you just kind of, yeah. Like, oh, you're this. I mean, I still have little ways that I've intentionally hung on to it. For example, these flowers that I got you look like flowers you would get me. (laughs) The idea that I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a little gift for Katie, 100% is because you do that for me there are friends that I would see that that's not our love language. So like there's ways that I still do it, but I'm aware that I'm doing it. And I'm like, yeah, I think it's kind of fun to love somebody the way that they love you. Like that's me giving you these flowers is like an unspoken way of being like, I see that you do this and like, you deserve to have it too. You know? So, so I, I think the like, and I am a Pisces, so it's what we're watery. So we like become whatever, whatever, you know the container is we become that shape and it's taken me a long a lot of frustration around being that way to be like oh wait actually i think there's some beauty here too it's just an element of not getting like lost in in who you who you actually are but i do think that being multiple different people was me being just so watery that i'm like I'll be you. Oh, okay, now I'm hanging out with you. I'll be you, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, And now I do feel, I feel really, again, being in my body, I I have a sense of my truest, most authentic self. And now I just notice when, not always right away, but I notice when I'm not in her, (laughs) you know? I'm like, and there are people that don't feel safe to me, so I kind of give myself the permission to do it. Like I'm like, I know you're gonna just like heavily mirror this person, and you're gonna feel so depleted yeah. as soon as they leave. And like that's what you had to do to feel safe. Okay, baby, <laughs> like yeah. we'll just we'll just spend some alone time after, and you can reconnect to who you are. But yeah, so I think that that's the key difference. I don't know if I felt that way. I don't think I really, even if I said that I did, (laughs) I don't think I felt that way at 25. But I do now have like a greater sense of just like what is truly Valerie and what is not aligned, you Mm -hmm. know?
1: Yeah. I think the uncomfortable part, the only uncomfortable part of, for me, of cringing at a past version of myself or trying on... It's the same thing as like looking at our fashion, right? Like I would never wear the thing that yes. I was wearing back then, but it was so what I wanted to wear then. So like, fine. Like I, I'm not gonna. It's a little. Yeah. B- it's not cringy. It's just like oh, it's you're like doing nostalgic. what you were doing. Yeah, yeah which mm-hmm. is fine. Yeah, but I think the thing that makes me feel so uncomfortable is that it's documented that's like the, that <laughs> yeah. it's on the internet you know oh, and I don't course. think people are now they're going to but um <laughs> go like that's the part where I'm like oh fuck I, I I know I said a lot of things I don't even believe now yeah and also like just I before we started recording I was saying like even just the format and the like what I was into it's such a you know I guess Pete has to deal with this yeah
0: definitely and like Anybody, well, this is something that I loved about Lena Dunham is that she like really seemed to fearlessly be like, I'm gonna make a show when I'm 24. And it's just gonna like, she was so publicly wrong about so many things and was just constantly getting called out for saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing. And I think it did ultimately become maybe too much for her. I'm not sure, but I really, that really helped me. I, she's somebody that I look to, to be like the perfectionist in me and the, the version of me that really felt like I could only ever show the polished. What's the word? Not proprietary, maybe like the timeless Mm -hmm. version, the thing that will hold, stand the test of time. Mm -hmm. I really, just like watching her do that was like giving people permission to be like, yeah, you're just like a person. (laughs) You're just going to like not get it all right all the time. But of course, I do think, I mean, Pete doesn't listen to his old podcasts. He just wouldn't because he knows that he would feel that way. But I think he also would have exactly what you're saying, the compassion to be like, yeah, that's what I thought then. It is like you want to put like a disclaimer in the intro of like some of these things that I've said I might not believe anymore, but it's like also if people are going back that far, they gotta, that's on you. That's on you. You gotta like know that people change.
1: I am. There is part of me that's like scared because I don't even know. Like, I don't, someone was reading a book recently and they were like, and I was like, oh that's from, and they're like, I heard you interviewed them four years or like, and I, I forgot. Oh, wow. I'm like, also, should we be concerned for my brain? But like, (laughs) I'm I'm trying to, then I start to compute, like if someone, someone I met recently was like, oh, I went back and listened to a couple of your episodes. And instantly I was like, which one's which one? Like, that's not a good feeling. You know. Uh, It's kind of like a newspaper. Like I pull, pump one out every week. So every like seventh one is okay, maybe. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, I'm not sure about that. But also I think this is why this is so beautiful and so important and why everybody listening right now is drawn to this is that you are doing something incredibly courageous. Like you're allowing vulnerability. You're allowing people in to see your humanity at all these different phases. And it is giving people permission to be like, yeah, you're going to just always be changing and growing and you don't have to like have a perfect polished version of yourself. This is this is human life. Like the best thing that we can do for each other is let each other see our humanity so that we don't feel so alone. And you're doing that for so many people. It's no one, I mean, like, I think the fact that it feels uncomfortable and cringy is like the Brene Brown like vulnerability thing. It's like that's a sign that you're onto something then because you're being so vulnerable. There's no way that it's it's not having such a positive ripple effect. So you're brave.
1: Well, that is so, so nice listening to that and then having you here now. One thing that we were talking about a lot is... You made this point. We were talking about AIM being like the first podcast, <laughs> like how we would like would ha- get into conversations on AIM with oh, people yes, with deep, deep conversations,
0: right? That's a good point. I do stand by that one. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then you, one of us makes the point of, you know, human beings have always needed connection. Mm. And that was when I was like, buckle up, you two. You're going really <laughs> to really hit that, that note one. in 2020. <laughs> You have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the spoiler alert. And then the whole thing made me really like that moment. I was like, had like a super eight of everything of our friendship of like my magical make a wish day when you took me to Disneyland yeah. and me telling you about this relationship and this relationship and you telling
0: me when you're pregnant. Oh, I feel that way too. I love that. And that is like there, the fact that we are so different, like I'm I mean, I still won't listen to it, but I am really glad that that's documented because it is, like, these points in our friendship, and it's, like, such a joy to grow with someone. Yeah. And, like, I also believe sometimes you outgrow people, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with yeah. that. But when you are with friends who it's, like, you're constantly growing and changing, and so am I, and we still can connect. Yeah is it's really beautiful. I love that.
1: Yeah, I think we when we went on a hike like during the peak of the pandemic basically and you and our friend Misty and I. And I had just sent you that photo of us in New York from like the year before. Oh yeah. When you were in town and we got soup and our faces were like touched up together. <laughs> yeah. And we you and Misty and I were like high after that walk. Remember yeah. that? And I was oh. like, what that was so weird. What like I we were so excited to be oh, in person yes. then and with, with someone we knew we'd known for a long time. Like, it was a really oh. interesting feeling that we were all kind of having at the same time.
0: Yeah. it That is, I'm so glad you reminded me of that feeling because that really Remember was. that day? Yes. Yeah. It was so magical. And, and I'm still having it to certain degrees as we kind of, things sort of calm down from the pandemic. But that was like one of the hardest, that was like one of the first hangs. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, it was like, elation being like, oh my God, it's so fun. And remember us and like, remember this mode and how this makes you feel. And God, it was, it's like how dogs get really (laughs) excited when they see each other or like kids get really excited when they see each other. It's like the, like you said, like kind of remembering what it felt like for the first time to be like, you, we're connected. We, you know, we're friends. Yeah. All of those,
1: those times were particularly meaningful to me too because I had moved and just, I was just with all new people. Yeah. And so to be with people I'd known for a while felt really regulating, comforting. comforting. Yeah. yeah,
0: of course. Wow. That was, that was fun. Yeah. And I'm also so glad that we're not even oh, I know. where we were at that point. I think that was either just when the vaccine came out or like before. before. Yeah. Woo. So we were kind of taking a risk doing that. Hybrid. I know. I know.
1: <laughs> Okay, I want to talk about your training with Tara Brock and Jack Kornfield about mindfulness and and trauma and how it informs everything. And, well, we'll maybe we'll we'll do do a a fun way to tee this up, I think. Okay. Kind of fun. (laughs) Maybe we could compare notes on Mean Girls
0: for a moment. Because
1: I listened to the latest episode of We Made It Weird this podcast that you do with with P every week and you talked about books from when you were young which i was like oh my god oh and you talk about this mean girl story and mm. i i guess that's where a lot of our early trauma comes yeah. from and i'm thinking i've been thinking so much about like we we talk about inner child a lot right and mm-hmm. like therapy and shit but inner teenager is feeling really I, I'm yeah. curious about your inner teenager.
0: Ooh, I do love that question. Yeah, inner teenager. That is really interesting because it is, of course, there's so much that shapes us at that age. Um, and, yeah, I think my inner teenager had already really learned to, I see her to some degree, she had already really learned to, like, please and to be. Shape shift and to be what people wanted, but she wasn't just that. Because I definitely, and this is it. It's like I don't know if my karma is just monogamous relationships, but like, like I had one best friend from eleven on, and like I had other friends, but this one best friend and I were completely inseparable. We pretty much only hung out with each other. I spent the night at her house every weekend. Like she and I relied really heavily on that friendship. And because I felt securely attached in that friendship, I was like more adventurous and like kind of wild and like definitely did have a sense of the things that I liked and things that I didn't like and what I was willing to do and what I wasn't while also still trying to please my parents for sure like never rebelled didn't didn't do and i'm really curious to hear if you did like i never w- went to a party drank did anything my parents are pastors so it was like very religious and not but like church was like my social life and everything so i was still getting that um but i never did anything that there was one time where I had a crush on a boy that was three years older than me. So I was 14 and he was 17 and he had a crush on me and I was hanging out in friend groups with him, but I wasn't telling my parents that he was there Mm -hmm. and they caught me doing that. And I was like instantly like, I'm sorry. And like felt so, it felt so bad to disappoint them that I, and they did, my parents, I want to be clear, like they never yelled they weren't like they like really didn't yell they they would let us know that they were disappointed but like they weren't scary but for whatever reason i was very scared to let them down so and and i think i did i don't know they didn't certainly do this intentionally but at some point i learned like not all of my feelings are safe here and you are happy and things are okay as long as I'm like a happy, good girl. Mm. So like, again, it just makes me really want to let Leela just like scream and scratch me yeah. all, that she, all she wants. Um, so yeah, I was trying to be a happy, good girl. And I was like within this the confines of my community it, at church and my friend my like one best friend, I still did have like the spirit of Valerie, like I wasn't mm-hmm. like completely gone like i I still was I can see my authentic self in her, but yeah, she definitely was just trying to please everybody and didn't mm-hmm. want to get in trouble
1: <laughs> yeah i I relate to the best friend <laughs> yeah i I was thinking about this of like. The my my whole thing is like being replaced, and I thought about it. I was like, my my dad, you know this story, like kind of left, and I had a best friend who like dropped me and found a different best friend, Mm, and then I wasn't really in the group, and so I think even now I'm like, I was in the group, and I'm out of the group. I'm in the group, like that that part is
0: yeah, totally, and and. Only you would know if this is true and not to yeah. like armchair expert you. But I Please. do wonder <laughs> if, like, because I see how Leela as a kid will be like, she'll have an interaction, a, a disagreement with somebody on a play, at a play date. And she'll really like handle it well and, and seem like all of a sudden she's fine. She's over it. And then, like, we'll, we'll get in the car and she'll, like, maybe we left her shoes or something. And then she is beside herself. Well, I need my shoes. I need, And you're like, you have to go like, okay, I think this might be about that <laughs> that altercation that you had. And, and that energy just needed to be released in some way. And, and for this friend that I had this, uh, where she texted me that something I said was upsetting to her. I th- I was thinking that she like her. Well, I don't want to tell her business, but it, there's there's just different ways that like sometimes the as kids especially we're like this is a manageable way for me to let this out, and and like the friends that I have that who had like a parent leave too. It's like if if you. If, if I if she, they're not on like a text chain, that becomes a really big deal, and of course it does because that child self is like you're you're bailing all over again, like you're you know oh, what I mean? Oh man, yeah. So I don't know. I'm not. I really am not like saying. I think it did bother you and this is how it worked out. But like it also, in the movie that you're watching about a kid where the dad leaves and gets another family and then her friend does that and she gets really upset. You're like, well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: totally. I mean, it's right for the picking. <laughs> I mean, my whole thing is like feeling included is like of my course. big, like I just yeah. want to feel like most of the time don't even want to come. Just yeah, want the I just want
0: to be invited, of course. Or prefer not to come. Yeah. It's just
1: like the, yes. the thought of like being invited is yes. all I ever want. Like to be in the text chain.
0: Of course. And I also think that is
1: just human, na- yeah. human nature. I'm not special.
0: Yeah. And included and doesn't want to feel left out. And yeah. Um, and yeah. And isn't it also interesting that we like have these it really I'm really trying to look more at Oh, these specific wounds that I have, the universe just wanted to express itself through this way. It's like, or maybe a less like somewhat less woo-woo way of looking at it is Ram Dass has that like beautiful quote about trees. It's actually hanging up above our toilet um, where he's like, you walk in the forest and you notice these trees and you see how they you know this one had to bend this way to get to the light, and this one has like fallen branches, and this one is laying completely down. you know i'm I'm totally paraphrasing and taking license here, but that's like you just you walk through the forest and you just notice all these the different ways that trees are, and that he he says, "I like to look at people like that, like, oh, isn't that interesting they they had to do, he does. Now I'm really just speaking my, as myself, but like, wow, Katie had to do those things to make, to feel safe as a kid. I had to do these things. Yeah. And like, my husband had to do a whole other set of things that often contradicts the things that I have yeah. to do to feel safe. Like, I need to merge with people to feel safe. He needs to stand out to feel safe. And sometimes that makes the dinner party tense. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's, there's no problem here. Like we all are just a different... That one really got me. (laughs) Well, there's truth to it. That's probably why. (laughs) Um,
1: I want to talk about writing. You took a screenwriting class last year that you've been talking to me about and you're writing a movie.
0: What has it felt like? Oh, that's really sweet of you to ask about that. I really have loved it. I writing is something that I'm kind of reclaiming after having Leela and really honestly reclaiming, I don't know, after even before that, because it is like such a vulnerable thing. And, and I do really have issues, issues. I do have challenges around using my own voice. Um, and writing is a part of that, but just like, again, like being in your body, it's like connected me back to my creativity in a, in a way. So, I've never, I used to love to write. I always kind of written poetry throughout, but I've never written a movie before. And this is my first time. And I love, I love, love, love it. And if anybody wants to take a screenwriting class, my friend Scott is the one who teaches it and it's all virtual. And he's a great screenwriter and it's so supportive and loving and safe. And that's exactly what I needed. Like I needed to feel like this was just kind of like a fun thing I was doing with my friends. So like level one, his name is Scott Rogers. You can look him up. I want to do it. Yes, you got to do it. It's so fun. He also just does these free writing gyms where from 10 to 11, you just get on this Zoom and you like kind of check in with people and it's like the sweetest group of people. And then you write together like at the same time for 30 minutes and then you kind of check back in and then you write for like 15 more minutes. And it's just like a really nice way to... Just get started writing because it feels kind of social, yeah. you know?
1: Alone time with others.
0: Exactly. Yeah. His whole thing is about like writing doesn't have to be so isolating, which I think is just exactly Ooh, what I need. That's so good. Isn't that so good? Yeah. I love it. It's yeah. a lot of notes for us. Yeah, that's exactly what I needed to hear. So yeah, I'm writing the screenplay, and I'm only I'm on this like the second draft, so it still has a little bit of work. I haven't let anybody read it yet, but I except for the people in the group, the writing group, yeah. But I I really do love it. Like I think it needs some work, but I think it's like potentially a really beautiful movie, and it's all about mothers and daughters and, and intergenerational healing, and um, basically it's like the woman and is kind of loosely based on my mom, but also just kind of like all moms (laughs) and she's the main character. She's 60. She's estranged from her kind of hippie mother. And then she's trying to get, but she's trying to get closer to her 30 year old daughter who's Mm. pregnant. And they, the 30 year old daughter gets a call from the grandmother that the grandmother is dying. And, um, wants to make amends. And so they so that all leads to them and doing this like retreat in Joshua Tree with all these, you know, kind of hippie women, older women. Uh and Joni, the main character, doesn't want to be there, but she's she's basically faced with, in order to get closer to my daughter, I have to kind of at least be around my mother. <laughs> And then she, of course, throughout this process, realizes that by not resolving the issues with her mother, she had kind of repeated those things in her own way with her daughter. And the, I mean, the spoil is that by the end of it, the, the grandmother, they realized that the plan was always for her to have this beautiful retreat with the women in her life, and then to commit suicide, but like in this really lovely way. So, the whole ending of the movie is this like t- sort of death ceremony, but like I wrote it in a way that I was like, I want people to see this and be like, that's how I want to die. <laughs> like, just uh, surrounded by everybody I love oh. and all of that. So, oh my God.
1: <laughs> You're so smart and creative. Oh, wow. This is so good. This is like a genius idea. Oh, thank you. I'm
0: that's also really just sweet. like,
1: we need to make this. How do we do this? Like, well, let's. <laughs> w- I'll fund it. Like, oh, I don't. <laughs> it's so. Inc- this yeah. is such a great concept, and oh. and brings together everything that we've been talking about here, and yeah, your trauma training with Tara and Jack, like, and everything you've experienced in your life, and that we talk about all the time, and
0: yeah, yeah, it shit. Really- <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> oh, thank you, friend. Thank you. Well, that is like why I think I was able to write it. And what I've found is like, you know, it's like obviously write what you know, but it's like if even more than that, like write uh, the things that you can't stop thinking about, you know, that you've like thought about for years and years and years. And this is, and it's an idea that came to me when I was pregnant actually, because I felt like I would have these huge waves of anxiety. And some of it I do think was mine, but I I really f- felt like I was experiencing the anxiety that my mother was feeling when I was in the womb and she just didn't have the resources to process it, but I do. So it felt like this beautiful thing. Like I'm happy to do this. I'm like the, the dam between my mother and my, or the filter, I'll say the filter between my mother and my daughter where I get to process the things that she couldn't process and that way it doesn't get to my daughter, at least in the same way, you know? And then it made me feel very close to both of them. Like it wasn't like a burden. I felt closer to my mom doing that, Like, like this compassion of like, oh, you felt all these things and you didn't, they had no place to go and like they can come up and out through my body, you know? So yeah,
1: it's so good. Uh, Truly incredible. Like whatever you would have told me, I would have been like,
0: cool, that's amazing. (laughs) But this like is hitting me hard. (laughs) Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Well, hopefully somebody doesn't steal the idea that now that it's out there. (laughs) Trademarked. Trademarked. That's officially trademarked. Isn't that what you you just say it on a podcast? (laughs)
1: Maybe, well, maybe we cut this or jumble it or something.
0: <laughs> we do it in, like, code. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I'm not worried. Now I'm, now I'm worried. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not
0: worried. I'm farther ahead on this idea. and so <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm that's just going to make it first. <laughs> It'll and be we have this, this is
1: recorded now, so we can go to court <laughs> if we need to. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I have about 10 million more things to ask you, but for time, I'm going to put, as Pete says, pennies in your jukebox and you'll have to. <laughs> just go. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And I'll
0: try to keep it concise. I know I mean, I'm not I mean, I don't want you to at all. <laughs> I just
1: want you to stay forever. And I. it's been a moment. Well, you made it all the way to the end. Not really, because. There's more where this came from. Maybe you too need a snack or to go to the bathroom. We took a break at this point. I believe Pete called Val and we had to figure out how much time we had left before she had to go pick up Leela. But there's more coming where we cover creativity. We talk about trauma a little bit more somehow and change. And the next part, you know, come back next week because It gets silly. And I always say that the end of this is where things really come alive. We get a little bit slap happy and loopy. I believe I sit on a blueberry in my white pants. And Belle helped me try to remove the stain, which was not successful. And we talk a lot about movies and some early 2000s references, 90s references, style. I'll talk to you next week. In the meantime, follow Val and let her know that you listened all the way to the end we'll pick an emoji next week but for now well hey is there a blueberry emoji comment that on Val's Instagram or my Instagram to let us know this little secret code text it to me if you're my friend and I love you I'm so grateful that you're here if you're new here welcome you can go into the archive I mean I'll cringe knowing that you did that but feel free it's there For now. And I'm at Katie Dalebout on Instagram. If you want to send me a message or an email, I'm katie at letitoutwith3t's.com. There's a link in the however you're listening to this. You can sign up for my newsletter. It's a short, sometimes long essay and links to what I'm reading and listening to and playlists. And most importantly, Isn't Val amazing? She's so great, right? She's incredible and smart and hilarious. And listen to her podcast every Friday with Pete Holmes, her partner. It's really great. (laughs) And if you liked this, you'll love that. Pete is a much funnier conversation partner than I am. He is a comedian, entertainer, and of course Val, who you know is, you know, truly Top Notch. And we'll both talk to you back here next week.